The voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They are ready to be your number one canola seed. The uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers are ready to be the number one seed in the West Division for the playoffs. After beating the BC Lions in overtime in an, I want to say, improbable comeback because any comeback of that number of points against a pro football team would seem improbable. Man, Mike, since the since the second I walked into the station, people were like, is that the best football game you've ever called? That's, that's pretty, it was pretty good. At any point, any nerves get in there for you? Any, oh, I don't know about this. This is... 10 points against this team. Oh, boy, this is going to be tough. Zach's had a couple fumbles. No. <laughs> I'm sensing elation on your part, though. This I is- I was so – well, this is – best part of my job is 22 times a year I get to ride the emotion of a football game, right? And that one was, what is wrong with this team? Okay, here they come. Oh, it's going well. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Oh, thank God. Jamal Parker made the tackle at the five. <laughs> and then overtime, it, there's just so many. For fans, that was that was easily the game of the year in the Canadian Football League. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. And for, and, and for you, it was 1-0? Uh, no, it was an emotional game, for sure. But um, we we certainly can't afford to ride that roller coaster, you know, for an entire 60 minutes, plus overtime. Right? You've got to be focused, relying on your preparation, um, able to take in information, right? Not yeah. Just sort of bouncing around, up and down, up and down, up and down. Right? The score was that, right? We, uh, you know, down three, down 10, as I said, after, you know, you're, it's a swing of 10, seven, blah, 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 back and forth, you know, up and down, up and down a little bit. Um, but there was always the sense that you just points are good, just keep chipping away, and you know, good things happen, and or whatever is going to happen is going to happen, yeah, <laughs> right. But you don't, you certainly um, don't want to get on that ride early in a game, right? You, the football is an emotional game. You have to, there has to be some emotion involved, but you got to really be able to keep it in check as a pro. Zach seems like Zach Kalar seems like almost the perfect quarterback to have in that situation of he's seen everything. We talked to him in post game. Hey, you had two fumbles in the red zone. He's like, yeah. Oh well, <laughs> and we're we're playing. We're on another. We're on a totally different drive than that one. You go. That's that's a guy who compartmentalizes very well. Yeah, he's not a lot of guys in my mind. Not a lot of guys can do it like he can do it. Right. I mean. I've had experiences with other quarterbacks that um, had some of that, right? But I've also been around other guys that two two fumbles like that would have – you might as well have switched them. But yeah. Not Zach. Like I said, Zach is – very few guys can sort of withstand that type of pressure that, that he puts on himself, right, um, and go out and – perform the way you did after that yeah it was it was super impressive it was incredibly entertaining i hope if you were listening uh you were entertained as well because the it was a fantastic game and it gets us to where we all wanted the bombers to be in the catbird seat as they hope to host the west final coming up a few weeks from now let's go to the phone lines at 204-780-6868 gary 
First one on the line, first one to talk to the head coach. Thanks for being with us. Is this the coach of the cardiac kids? <laughs> I well, have three yeah. questions for you, coach. Fire away. First one is on the very last play of regulation where Alexander made the big tackle to save the game. At the 30-yard line, number 17, what was he trying to do? Was he trying to knock the ball away or was he trying to tackle him? I, I watch replay and I can't tell. Any idea? I'm sure he was trying to do the right thing. Oh, political answer. You could have run for off. <laughs> Jamal Parker with the, with the game-saving tackle as time expired there at the end, Gary. Yeah. Right, right. But if 17 would have tackled them, then they would have kicked the field goal. Okay, that's question number one. Question number two, uh, it was sad to hear of the passing of George Reed. But it was an amazing thing that they did in his memory by putting his initials G-R on the 34-yard line. I wish every team would do that to promote a Hall of Famer. I know he played before your time, but did you ever get a chance to meet George Reed? Did you have a story to share with us? No no real story, but absolutely I would have had a chance. I would have... um... Met him probably on several occasions at various CFL functions. Um, I, like every other fan, would have been uh, just pleased to shake his hand and and tell him that that I admired him from afar, (laughs) right? I just think that those those little snippets of time, I would have been just like any other fan. And uh, I'm just thrilled. What a what a ball what a ball player! What an ambassador! him and Ronnie were a real combination with the little general. Now here's the tough question. The third question, does Mrs. O'Shea ever listen to your show on CGOV? Hopefully not. <laughs> well, I was going to say, <laughs> yes, to of her, course she does. Well, okay. Uh, Mrs. O'Shea. Oh, I hope you're listening. Give the coach a break this week. No honey do list. Let him <laughs> pop a few Heineken. And coach, do you do you know why uh, beer comes in six packs? I do not. That when you you buy a six pack on Monday, you have one beer a week, one beer a day, for religious reasons. You don't overdo it. So by Saturday, the six pack is gone, and you're sober on Sunday for church. Hey, that's there you go. That's good to know. Buy a twelve pack if your wife enjoys the beer. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been around a few drunk priests in my day. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. stay tuned for that podcast with Mike O'Shea. <laughs> It'll show Have up on the good week off. Thank you, thank you, Gary. Appreciate you being with us at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Jamal Parker saves the game. That final play, they they bust one to Dominic Rhymes, who then takes off, and all it took us a while in, into the overtime period to kind of explain all the things that happened on that. If Reda Cramdy makes that tackle at the 30, 30-ish, whatever Gary said it was, Sean White probably trots on and kicks the game-winning field goal. If Jamal Parker doesn't make that tackle, BC wins the game in regulation. Jamal Parker hurt, I mean, laid on the field injured for a while. Like, that kid sold out. To save the game in that spot. Yeah. I mean, that was great. That's one of the things his teammates will be talking about for.
forever, right? So they'll they'll remember that play. He'll remember that play forever. His teammates will remember that play forever. Um, I, I mean, that's a, one of the cool things, right? He it was a it was a, it was a great play, and there's there's it's so intricate, right? What do you want to do? How many plays do they think they have left? What yard line do they got to get to? Oh, he bobbled it. Oh, he caught it. Oh, he's taken off. To switch to don't tackle him is is very difficult. And then, sure enough, we make the tackle and times run out. But um, there are those scenarios that you practice and you discuss and you go through the details with, and then the ball gets snapped. And who knows whether you get those details yeah. when, you're, when you're sprinting as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> I'm glad you said switch to because there have been some, I think Matt Dunning had said on the TSN broadcast that Rhymes could have punted that ball through the end zone, yep. which is a thing that could happen. But in, I can't believe in any way that's practical with a man racing at top speed with other men trying to kill him. Uh, fans, fans took it and said, well, he could have. It's, it's in the rules. I get it. Um, yeah, there's some guys that would do that. Um, I can think of, I can name a few right now that would, you know, that I played with that would have had the knowledge like that. Um, you know, Mazzotti, Darren Flutie. Yeah. Dressler, of course, you know, but once again, in a, in a, in a last play scenario, the parameters change as the yardage is be you know, being eaten up as the clock is ticking down, what you're trying to do changes. So, now you're trying to keep him up. Now you're trying to take the ball away. You know, you're first trying to tackle. Then you're probably trying to not tackle. And then you're trying to tackle again. I mean, it all depends on yardage and time. While you're running, trying to keep track of that. I yeah. mean, it is it is very difficult. All you can really do is, you know, keep discussing those scenarios, keep showing them the film, um, keep answering the questions, and keep putting them that, in that situation in a practice-like setting where there's – nowhere near the pressure you try to create it but it's not like that right so having having seen it you've had a chance to look at it with a few days from the game did it go the way you would have wanted it to and not just the final result but was the process of that specific play no okay no it but it changed three times for sure right so as you know you there's this you're processing like I said, the the yardage on the field they need for a reasonable field goal attempt, like to, for them to think they can make what their long is, the clock, how many plays do you think they can run before they trot their field goal kicker out? Uh, the throw is made, it's deeper than you thought. So now they really only have one play. They're not going to get a second play off. I mean, you can run a play in three seconds and then run a second play in four and then kick your field goal. Yeah, have like one you, left. Yeah, you can you can do that. But the the depth of the throw or the time it took to get that throw off is they got they got one throw. <laughs> you know, then they got to be kicking the field goal. So now you're thinking, okay, get them down and they're kicking a 52 yard or whatever they're going to kick initially. I whatever the number was. They're going to kick a long one. And then he bobbles it. No, you Oh, now he's got it. So now your process changes. All <laughs> by the end of it all, when Parker tackled him, I knew we were going overtime instantly. Like it was perfect yeah. at that moment. But the scenario changes constantly on that type of play. 
in the moment, I, I don't remember what I said, but I may have I may have thought that Cramdy missed the tackle. But then I went, oh, actually, no, he's better to not in any way make that tackle because Sean White is absolutely killing it this year, and it's in a dome and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, the, it's, the situational thought changing so many times in eight seconds. In one is, play, yes. That's, yeah, that's, is super like, curious. It's okay to line up and have the situation, and that, that's okay, this is the way it is, black and white, here we go ball snapped and that's the situation but when the situation evolves as the field position is changing and as the clock is changing that's i think one of the things that makes cfl football so great is you could punt for a single there you know you could do you could you could you could i don't know that uh, i I feel like it, for fans to go, you should have done it. I, yeah, I, man's I going full that. speed. For like, I got to hit the break. I apologize yeah. for that, but let's hit the break, and we will continue with uh, David and Gail and Bob are waiting to talk to the head coach, Mike O'Shea, the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. Book by December 15th and save with the DeKalb Instant Discount. 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Jordo uh, is on here. He says, uh, what kind of guy was running the clock at the three-minute warning? Lawler went out of bounds at 302. The clock never stopped, ran to 238. What was going on? I have zero memory of that. Yeah. Well, the the clock does start on the... 238 doesn't make sense, but 20... Yeah, that makes sense. Because the clock would start on the referee's whistle. The 22nd clock would go. So it might have taken us a while to run the play. Um, and then the play might have taken six seconds, right? So that makes sense. The three-minute warning... Um, if you're getting another playoff before the three-minute warning, it runs through three minutes. Like it runs past the three minutes. It just doesn't stop and wait. You know what I mean? Doesn't, right. The clock doesn't get held there. So, yeah, there's – yeah, you certainly can be starting plays in the two high 230s, low 240s range um, often. Yeah. doesn't always work out that way, but that's, what, that's logically what could happen. We were talking about it during the broadcast, and I, I was saying as you guys were walking, marching up the field, I'm like, they ve- I believe they very much want to avoid – they had to, you have to score quickly. So when he jams it into Drew Wallatarski, I went, okay, thank goodness, because teams start to onside kick at like 150, 155. And that was, I thought it was a big win that you guys got to avoid having to, what's an onside kick go for, yeah, 11, start, 12%? I'd started thinking about just about the, what were we down, 10? Yeah. Started thinking about the field goal. And then we scored. Oh, so. interesting. Yeah. Well, that would have been some good. It was a good, good conversation for the coaches' show. If had you kicked the field goal, I would have liked to dive into that. Instead, we'll go to David on the text line. Uh, or David on the phone line. David, thanks for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. No problem. Thanks. Uh, I'm belated. Happy Thanksgiving to you both. Thank you, sir. Um, what was I going to talk? Okay, Derek. So you've been on both sides of the rivalry when it comes to Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, with what's going on in Saskatchewan now, how much of a dumpster fire is that team? Like, it just seems like all those players, not all of them, but a majority of those players have quit on the coach. Like Nick Marshall, like there's guys running at him and he's just stepping aside and letting another teammate go in for the tackle. Like just stuff like that, that I'm seeing watching 
the Saskatchewan games, and it's like it, it's crazy because they that fan base was on such a high after they beat us in the the Labor Day Classic. Like they're praising their defense. Oh, we got the best defense in the league, and then we come back and we punch them in the mouth the next week, and it's just been right down the slope since since that uh, that fifty burger fifty. Yeah, so th- there's a there's a couple of things in there for my taste, and I won't dwell too long, but injuries, when you don't have Anthony Lanier and you have to take Derek Moncrief and play him at boundary halfback, you're you're in a bad spot with injuries. So some of that comes into it as well. Nick Marshall, I could give you just a 10 minutes on my, my thoughts on Nick Marshall throughout his career, but it's he's, he's an intriguing character within the CFL landscape, perception and reality, but it's just... It's it, they're in a troubled spot with a third string quarterback is kind of my impression. But the one thing I think Ryder fans can't forget is uh, Craig Dickinson's teams were twenty two and ten in his first couple of years. And people pretend like he was never a good coach. They were twenty two and ten in his first couple of years, and that doesn't happen by accident. Beating Calgary at home in the playoffs doesn't happen by accident. Right, and then hosting the West final in twenty nineteen and crossbar right. Yeah. Um, and then my thing for the coach, um, just from watching the, the broadcast, I saw you do a nice fist pump and you had the smile on your face after uh, the time had run out. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking, I'm like, hey, why is he, why is he fist pumping? Like Dominic Rhymes almost got into the end zone. And I wasn't sure if that was just because, like, hey, he didn't quit on the, uh, Jamal Parker didn't quit and tackled them, and time ran out, like if it was a combination of both, or just the fact that he stopped him from scoring the touchdown. But it reminded me of when uh, Lapo was our head coach, and I think we were playing Montreal, and I can't remember if it was at Canada's or not, but Joe Lobendon, our linebacker, had chased down a guy that had gotten behind coverage, and Joe Lobendon was the only guy that could catch him. And he caught him at the one right before he crossed the goal line for the touchdown and knocked the ball out. And Lapo preached after that game, like, this is why you never give up on a play, no matter how far gone the opposing player is. And I kind of, it kind of gave me flashbacks to that moment uh, when Jamal Parker uh, tackled him there and then the clock ran out. So that so I was just curious about your reaction there yeah, the, on the broadcast. The the fist pump was for the zeros going to overtime. I, I knew we hit zeros when he when he made that tackle. So um, I think I just yelled out overtime, you know, or whatever I yelled out. I don't know what I said, but I remember that Joe Lobendon play. I like Joe as a linebacker. He was uh, I liked the way he played. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. I specifically remember that play. Excellent. I think yeah, was- we would have watched it too. You know, showed it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if uh, if Lapo ever had like if he brought up that moment when he was an assistant coach and like using that as motivation to previous guys that he was teaching when he was with us. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I remember watching it as uh, whatever year it was. I can't remember, but I actually remember watching it that game. Yeah. Heck of a play by Jamal Parker. David, thank you for your call. I got to hit the break, but appreciate being with us on the coaches show. 204-780-6868. More with the head coach on the other side of the news. 680 CJOB. 
The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. We're ready for your calls at 204-780-6868. Your text as well. Ian is on the text line. Says, Coach, I think your offense has moved the ball well, Mall, pardon me, at will the last two games, but too many mistakes in the red zone. Would you agree? Well, we've, we've put up some decent numbers, obviously, uh, as mentioned, yardage-wise. And sure, we'd like to score more touchdowns. But that's, I mean, it's football, and we play, you know, we played a very good football team the other day. And they did take the ball away when we were in the red zone. But um, we managed to manufacture a win. So we'll deal with the other things, <laughs> you know, as we as we move forward. But, I mean, you know... Zach's doing on one of them. Zach's doing a great job. He, you know, he's getting out of the pocket, spins back around, and you know Matthew Betts is is right there on a high rush, rushed right. He was already rushed past him, you know, sort of thing. And as Zach turns up field, uh, it's just that part just seems to be unfortunate more than anything. You okay. Know? You know, uh, the Bombers had 118 yards in the second quarter, 105 in the third quarter, 165 in the fourth quarter. Before the Dominic Rimes catch, the Bombers had allowed 53 yards in the second half. Was an incredible turn from the Bombers' defense. Uh, one of the many numbers that I'll be looking at deep into the night. Gail is with us on the phone line. Gail, thanks for your patience and hanging on. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Happy after Thanksgiving Day. Um, okay. Uh, congrats on the win for the team and you, Coach. But you sure love to give this old lady heart attack. Honest, uh, Pete, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the one thing I did notice in the game that um, after Betts, I I don't know if he sacked Kolaris, but he was in the area. And then they're walking, and there's Betts and Kolaris just chick-chatting. <laughs> On the field, I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Anyway, uh, a question is, you have to win one of the last two games to stay in first. Are you going to be resting anybody in the next game, or are you going to see what happens in the next game to see if you're going to rest for the last game? And have a good week off and enjoy, and I'll take your answer off air. Bye-bye. Thanks, Gail. Gail, I don't. We can't afford to rest. Like we've got to keep our foot on the gas and and um, keep sharpening the the skill set, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, I imagine roster wise, I imagine we're going full bore. You know, regardless of what the situation is, by the time the Edmonton game, by the time your game with Edmonton kicks off. If BC loses this week, you guys have first place, sewn up, done, finished over. Yeah. I don't know that you can prepare like that. So, yes, they play, what do they play, this Friday? Do they play this Friday? I think so. Yeah. So, we'll have already started on our prep. So, you can change your roster, sure. But, I don't know. Um, Obviously, some guys will, there's always guys that need rest. But that's like the normal course. How do you swap out an O-line? You, you don't. How do you swap out a D-line? You don't. How do you swap out the defensive backfield? You don't. Right? The rosters just aren't big enough to um, 
make those changes, right? You you can swap out a piece here and a piece there, but there's still something about operating well, being efficient, playing good football, and and going into a playoff um, healthy and confident. But and confident matters too. All right, let's welcome in Paul is with us on line number four. Paul, you're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Thanks for being with us. Hi, thank you very much. I'd just like to bring up a couple of things. Uh, first, I, I know we've talked Jamal Parker to death, but if anyone hasn't seen that on YouTube, please look at it. He was on the sideline, and he was out of view of the picture, and suddenly he comes in like a bullet train and makes that play. I have never seen anything like it. That guy is absolutely remarkable and I don't know if he gets as much love as he should um, the other thing I heard I, I live in a constituency with Abby Khan and Willard Reeves who are running for election and uh, both promised if elected that they were going to uh, take down the golden boy and put up Mike O'Shea <laughs> uh, with a uh, with a bomber logo for modesty, of course. Um, would he be the, Would Mike O'Shea be in the same state of undress? Did they Did well, they talk about that? He, because he, he, he would be, but a bomber logo would be, mm. you know, to cover the modesty. His codpiece, as it were, his fig leaf. Yeah. Okay, yep. So, has Boy. you heard anything about that? Or is it, there was there was chat about that, but my wife protested. She happens to be uh, a huge fan of the Golden Boy on top of the ledge. So I, I see. Yes. So I, I don't think she would really. Well, she might be the only one to actually look at it if they switched it. But okay. she prefers the Golden Boy, uh, and that is, it's well known in in our circle of friends. Anybody who's visited, she always takes them by and points out, "There's the Golden Boy," and I even have a picture of her making a heart with the golden boy in the middle of it. Well, perhaps if they put you up there, you could have the golden boy in your backyard. That would be, I would be tough as a husband. <laughs> to have my main competitor in my backyard. I did want to also ask, I, I noticed that the, uh, the BC quarterback uh, seemed to look like a um, early version of a Zach Kolaris in his getting out of the pocket and throwing on the run. Um, did you pick up on that, or am I seeing something I imagined? Yeah, Vernon Adams is having a, having a good year. There's only one Zach Kolaris. For sure, but I, I think he's stealing Zach Kolaris' tapes yeah. and fighting them hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, of quarterbacks playing out of the pocket, I would try to emulate Zach Kolaris too. Vernon, Vernon's been very scrambly throughout his career. He's able to make plays. On the run and, and on the move as well, but yeah, if you're if you're going to copy anybody, you would you would absolutely want to copy Kolaris with with what he does out of the pocket. It's incredible. Paul, thank you so much. Appreciate you being with us. Goodbye. <laughs> Take care. Is that the first? Did you have any with Bob where people suggested you be a golden statue? Because I, that's I, a new one. First, I, I was wondering where we were going with this, and then uh, I, yeah, it's quite funny because it's well known in our household that the golden boy is. She, your wife is a big fan. She likes the golden boy on the ledge, she but think, on the top, she yeah, thinks it's fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have a tough time arguing with her. There's a, there's also a fan who comes to the games I, yeah. dressed as the golden boy. I'm a big yeah. fan of that guy. Yeah. So we all have our thing. Bob is with us on the phone line. Bob, thanks so much for being with us. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. 
Okay, first of all, I guess I have to eat a little bit of crow, Coach. Uh, I've got two things I want to talk to you about. But I was on, and I'm still on Parker as being a kick returner. But as a defender, he's got no second. And the way he was shot out of a cannon to get rhymes there, I mean, he was uh, a man on a mission, and I congratulate him for uh, doing that. I think we beat to death and spent too much time talking about that uh, DT and asking this, that, and the next thing. We don't know what the ed, uh, the BC coach told Rhymes, and that's really all that's important, not having the coach trying to second-guess what BC did. I think you spent far too much time on that. The other thing, coach... Um, I agree with you. Uh, you're, you've got to keep your guys finely uh, honed. But I do have a concern. How is Dalton shown? He was taken out there, standing on the sidelines. Is he injured? Is he okay? I know you like to always be close to the vest, but like to know how is Dalton shown? Well, you're going to be disappointed again because it's that time that I will be close to the vest again. We will, we will figure it out, and uh, when the it's time is right. You're monitoring, in other words. Well, I saw him today. He looked pretty good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was excellent. The team. I was cursing at the TV for a while there and wondering what the hell's going on. Uh, the fumbles by Kolaris, the interception by Kolaris. I'm forgetting. Oh gosh, is he starting a new way? But uh, the way the defense came up in that overtime, my goodness, there was, they were like the Berlin Wall, impenetrable. They did a fantastic job. You did a great job of getting them ready for the overtime. And um, I kind of think we might not see BC in the Western Final. Ooh. That is a hot take right there. Yeah. Wow. Six win uh, Sask or six win Calgary taking out BC uh, would be a hot one. Bob, thanks so much. Appreciate you being with us. Appreciate your call uh, to the uh, coaches show. We will take a break. 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls. It is the coaches show on 680 CJOB. The Proline Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coach's show is brought to you by DeKalb. Book by December 15th and save with the DeKalb Instant Discount. 204-780-6868. We're going to bang through some texts here. After I point out that head coach Mike O'Shea now 5-1 and one when going first in overtime. I know you enjoyed it in the postgame show so much. I, I probably didn't even hear you in the postgame. Is that what? Yeah, sure. Well, I didn't, I didn't say that one in the postgame show, but I said I was so excited when I saw BC chose to go second in overtime because we've had the conversation before about what I believe in going first and second in overtime. And I was, I was just so happy. I couldn't. And then I was even happier that it came to be the way I believe that football <laughs> should be. So that's really justifying my own beliefs is there honestly my, uh, my biggest joy. Uh, from that one. Michael in San Antonio is on the text line. Says, Coach, congrats on a thrilling win. Uh, if Rhymes had gone down immediately, would time have run out as long as our defense didn't tag him? No. They would have. I. If he goes down voluntarily with uh, two seconds left, let's say, there should be time. The refs, there's always just a moment for the refs to process. 
But I think now with replay, honestly, like it used to be that they said the safe number was two seconds. But now I think with replay, they would look at it and see if there was time left on the clock. I don't even know if you would need to challenge that. I should probably ask that. I I just think they're going to fix it. The guy goes down and there's time left. There's time left, right? Yeah. So they're going to take the human element out of it because they, what before replay it used to they used to talk about about two seconds for the official to process that you're giving yourself up, blow the whistle and have the timer stop the clock. Right now, I think it's real time. They just look at it when you're down. What does the clock say? So, okay. Yeah. One of the for folks who don't know, that's one of the dramatic differences between the NFL. And the CFL, in the NFL, you need to snap the ball before zeros are on the fourth quarter clock. In the CFL, you just need one second left on that clock when at the end of the previous play, and then you get to run the next play. You get to run an extra play. Yeah, you get a full 20 seconds on your on your play clock. Yeah. You know, so, and in some stadiums when they go to tenths, as long as there's a tenth left, which I, think, I don't know how many are at it, but some some go below a second. Yeah, the, the two-second thing is interesting with human because it's, as you've pointed out in other spots, it's humans doing this, right? And you can go to replay, but does the clock stop in time? Does this happen? Yeah. I know this is exactly what should happen, but if it doesn't, we have to be prepared for that. Yep. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Uh, Dan, uh, this isn't going to be popular with one of our previous callers. Uh, Dan says, did Parker realize time had expired? Did Cramdy realize it had not expired? Well, they're both smart football players, so I'll, I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Certainly, our guys spend time talking about this stuff for sure. Uh, no name on this text. What player were you most excited for for their performance and why? Is there anybody who stands out from the game? Oh, I mean they they all take turns making plays. You know, you, I watch it again, and there's there's. Lots of stuff to be happy about. We're, we're a good football team. Um, Wally getting a touchdown. Kenny yeah. Lawler draws a huge pass interference call. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think... Cramby getting hosed on a P.I. call. I think My words. more... I just think singling guys out, and I mean, that's, you know, people would accuse me of sitting on the fence here maybe, but not answering the question. But singling guys out in, in a team sport like this where they they... This group of guys really understand the importance of team. Just, I don't know, serves no purpose, nor would it be um, what they would want. Then I feel bad for asking you to tell me how you feel about Janarian Grant's performance. He gets a touchdown receiving. Uh, He gets back into the return game. Uh, His performance, how it felt to have Janarian back in the lineup, how the gang reacted. Yeah, I just think it's pretty cool that uh, he had – that impact like you believe he would um but getting a, uh some touches or getting out there on the offense and and um getting in the end zone uh Dalton shown through a, a a nice block there um so it, the guys are just happy and Janarian was ecstatic to be back on the field yeah, he was uh, Tuesday. He said he was like a, a lion scratching at the at the grass, waiting to go get a gazelle. He went, okay, that's I think that's what we probably like to hear from uh, from the guys that we cheer for. Uh, just a couple of minutes left. I uh, Jamal Parker gets injured on the final play of the fourth quarter. 
I believe I learned uh, this rule. Would he have had to sit out? He had to get treatment, but he, would he have had to sit out three plays in overtime? No. No, because it went – it is basically like a quarter time, I guess. I, I Actually, I, I, I can't give you the exact reasoning in the rule book why, but it was um, – yeah, immediately they said he does not have to sit out three. Which in the moment I didn't know that, and then Chris, who tweets that stats junkie, is is my god for things like this. He said, "No, no, because there's no delay. He doesn't have to sit out." I thought, "Ooh, that would be an interesting decision if Jabal had to yeah, sit out three on. plays, and if you'd had the option, in, if you'd won the toss in overtime." Ooh, I wonder if that would change Coach O'Shea's decision because he because Brandon Alexander is also nicked, and I went, I just went down a little rabbit hole for 45 seconds, and and Doug, uh, Doug, what just went along with me for a bit. It's because, certainly something that we would have considered. Uh, how about this one? Uh, I saw this today. You guys are now three and three when trailing after three quarters. The rest of the league is nine and fifty-four this season. You 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 guys are not bothered about being uh, on fewer points after forty-five minutes of play. That's mm. <laughs> I. It was stark, and some of it makes a lot of sense. Bad teams are going to trail after three quarters, but you're the only team that had close to a even record when trailing after three quarters of play. I guess the lesson should be don't trail. That's good. Do you feel like you can implement that in some way? Because if it's, if it's not actionable, it's not useful. But that's Yeah, I think that's they'll, good. They, they'll respond to that. Uh, let's, let's not get behind. It is the bye week for the Bombers. As you know, Bombers and Elks coming up next week. You'll get it right here on 680 CGOB. The coach will be there. They may have clinched first place in the West by that time, or it may be settled on that night. Either way, we'll be excited to see uh, the first place Bombers getting back at it. Coach, thank you so much. Enjoy uh, the rest of your week. I suspect you're already back at it, but uh, uh, I hope you're getting what you need from the bye week. It's uh, going to be short, but good. (laughs) He's the head coach, Mike O'Shea, the coach's show at 680 CJOB.